Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody, we have my next guest on board. He's a very talented, award-winning filmmaker calling us all the way from, Tom, is it Ireland or are you calling me from London? I'm actually calling you from the, from the north of England. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the sort of spiritual home of this film is Northern Ireland. You're right. right. Okay. So, again, we have Tom Berkeley, and you are – one half of the filmmaking team, along with your business partner, filmmaker Ross White, and you guys have this new sort of a black comedy, An Irish Goodbye, the only British short film to be shortlisted for the 95th upcoming Academy Awards. So first of all, what must that be like? It seems that Santa brought you guys an early Christmas present. (laughs) Yes. I've been describing it as a sort of Christmas miracle for everyone who I've been speaking to, and it certainly it certainly feels like that. I mean, it's, I mean, what an honour, you know, to be in that position for us. Um, I, you know, I mean, we've been on the festival circuit with the film for about a year and a half now, and uh, and to be honest with you, you know, we had such a, a lovely time and got to go to some amazing places. And it just felt like it was kind of coming to an end, and now this has added a whole new sort of level of uh, denouement onto it onto the end of it. So, yeah, we're really, really honoured to be uh, in the position and sort of flying the flag for Irish and uh, British cinema. I mean, I see over 60 international film festivals, six-plus continents, and now for the Oscar qualifier, that is just the crown jewel for this film, and it's such a precious film. Tell us the storyline about uh, an An Irish Goodbye. Yeah, for sure. So it's set in, in the middle of nowhere, really, in, in rural Northern Ireland. And it's the story of two brothers who are kind of forced to reunite. They've been estranged for much of their life. They're forced to reunite after their mother passes away. And the younger brother, Lawson, uh, he's been sort of staying on the family farm, working as a farmer. And he has a Down syndrome. His older brother, Turlock, has been away living in, in England. And he's now faced with the kind of realization that he's a primary carer for his brother. Um, but their relationship is very fractious and the reunion is very, very pained. And then they happen to stumble across their mother's unfulfilled bucket list, essentially. <laughs> and so Lawson, the younger brother, basically says that he's not going to agree to leave the farm or leave Ireland or go anywhere with his brother until they've completed everything off this list. And only then does he kind of reveal that there's about a hundred things on there that they've got to play through. And so the and so the film beginning from that. Hello, are you there? Oh hi. There you are. Okay. It's kind of weird noise just suddenly came out of nowhere. Um probably just a transatlantic craziness. But anyway, uh, the cast, the, the the actor who stars as the, the priest, the, the the father, he has a very, very interesting sense of humor there. I don't want to give away too much, but some of his lines are just hilarious. <laughs> it's like, oh, did he just say that? <laughs> yes, he was a really fun character to write for us, actually. Um, mm-hmm. He's just kind of oddball Paris priest and you know, you you really are in the middle of in the middle of nowhere in Ireland. I don't know if people have seen Banshees and in a share in the, the Martin McDonough film, which obviously is, is is definitely kind of up there for for many of the other kind of Oscar categories. But it's it's kind of a similar sense of place. You really don't see any other 
houses or any other people in this film. It's like these these brothers and this group are the last people in Ireland. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely based on some some funky characters that, that both Ross and I have met uh, in our kind of rural upbringings. Now, uh, you and Ross, you are the directors and the writers. So how did this storyline, it's a very unique storyline, so how did this even come about with the two of you? Yeah, I mean, we've been doing a lot of thinking about, about brotherhood and um, families being kind of imperfect uh, sort of organisms, and a lot about leaving home as well. We both kind of left home originally to pursue careers as, as actors and then both returned home to pick up careers as, as kind of filmmakers. Um, and so I think there was a lot of that, like, ticking around in the things that we were writing at the time. And then, funnily enough, I went to the football, or the, or the soccer, I should say, with, with my dad. And uh, a couple of rows ahead of me were these two brothers that uh, were very like the brothers that end up in this film. They were kind of adult, burly, kind of salt-of-the-earth guys. And one of the brothers had Down syndrome, and the other one was was really there as a kind of as a carer as as well and it was really interesting to see that kind of respond element of responsibility within their relationship but also just how at each other's throats and kind of hurling abuse at each other that they were the entire game and then that kind of goal goes in and they're jumping up and hugging each other and in each other's arms and things and i just found them and their relationship really compelling so i think it was a kind of symbiosis of those two things happening at the same time and then I kind of spoke to Ross about it the next day, and 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 the story was kind of quite quickly born after that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the idea to include the the 100 uh, items bucket list, when did that come into the storyline? Was that later on, or did you guys get that idea first? Yeah, I mean, the, one of the first images that kind of came to us was the two the two boys kind of in the in the middle of nowhere in these grass fields, just carrying around this this urn carrying their mother's ashes. And um, and I suppose one of the things we're thinking about is the idea that grief as a process is something that often we think about as a sort of solo mission. But in this, we wanted to see it being a kind of an exploration of how that doesn't necessarily have to be something you do on your own. And these two characters are very different. One of them leads very much from their heart, the other one very much from their head. And we just thought it'd be interesting to see them have to go through a bit of a, a challenge, I suppose, together. And then um, I can't remember exactly where it came from, but then I think one of us had sort of suggested, well, hey, what about if, you know, this, this, uh, this sort of bucket list kind of emerges and, and this is the thing that in trying to sort of find this fitting farewell for their mum, who they, who they kind of share in their sort of love for, in trying to find that fitting farewell, they, they ultimately kind of, they learn to empathize with each other and they sort of find each other in a way, I guess. Well, all three actors do a superb job. Um, so, but for the lead two actors, uh, did you guys already have them in mind after you finished the, strip, the script? Or did you have a, a, a casting call? Or, or how did that come about to cast the three? Yeah, I tell you, it was... Um... It was a perfect uh, kind of storm of things that happened. I mean, we we just started writing and we had the kind of characters sketched out and the setting. And then we happened to see a, a BBC Northern Ireland uh, TV movie, which is called Ups and Downs, which um, James Martin, who played Lorcan in our film, was the star in that. And he's a wonderful up-and-coming uh, Northern Irish actor um, with Down syndrome. And Ross and I both saw this TV movie and kind of, 
fell in love with him. I thought his performance in it is, is kind of exceptional. And, and he kind of captured a lot of the things that we were trying to write anyway in his character. So having having seen that, we then kind of orchestrated this whole project around getting James on board and cast the rest of the cast, Seamus, who plays his brother, kind of around him and uh, and sort of engineered the whole project really around around James and uh, and his availability and you know he's uh, he's the kind of he's the life and soul of, of that film really so it's um yeah it was a special a special process but yeah they were just the most generous lovely cast we couldn't have been more lucky really well James does an amazing job I'm sure that his bone is probably still ringing from uh, the, the excellent <laughs> work he did with your your film here just an amazing job so. Tell me about this house in the film. It's a beautiful house. Is that a real house, or did you guys just, you know, is it just like a prop house or, or what? Oh, it's it's a real house. It's a real house out in um, in sort of the rural outskirts of Belfast, and um, we uh, we did a lot of just driving around, you know, the fields, and uh, uh, it's kind of it, that was very good for us just to get, uh, you know, embed ourselves in the sense of the in sense of the place anyway, but. Um, I mean, it's interesting because of things like Game of Thrones and and sort of bigger things like that that have been filmed in in Belfast recently. That there, there is a bit of a a growing kind of industry there, and so actually the house that we filmed in had been uh, had been filmed uh, in before uh, for for different uh, I think BBC Northern Ireland things. So they kind of had it on record, and we went and looked around, and it was you know we just wanted to find something that was authentically a kind of uh, old Irish sort of heirlooms handed down sort of, uh, and, and really that they were in, in their mother's house. That's what we wanted that, that, that house to feel like. We wanted to feel like she was present in the film just from uh, the four walls that were around, around them. So it's a real character, I think. I'm, I'm glad that it's kind of popped out for you. It really did. I, I love beautiful real estate, and I was like, oh, man, look at that house. I wonder if it's real, but it is real. Now, does some, it, it, does, is it personally and privately owned or, or what? It's, a, it's, it's just personally owned, and it's a, the loveliest lady who, uh, um, J- James, uh, again, he plays Lorcan, is very, very good at becoming sort of friends with people incredibly quickly, and uh, I remember we were we lost him. Uh, we were trying to film, a, you know, get a, a, a take on something, and we we we'd lost him. And then we 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 found that he was kind of in a back room having a cup of tea with this <laughs> Irish, lovely Irish lady who's in oh. her in her late eighties. And uh, she was there, and she absolutely like loved us being there. And, and uh, yeah, it was a completely authentic house. It was her. It was her house. Well, I say the star is the the the, the house is the second star of the film, you know, and uh, it, it, it everything just came together so well. So, did was the film shot during the pandemic, or sort of when it was shut down, was wrapping up, or or what? Yeah, it was shot in uh, sort of the spring of, of twenty twenty one. So we were. We weren't. We were still in uh, sort of the lockdown, but it, we were things were slightly easing. It's hard to know because we had so many sort of in of uh, tightening and loosening of restrictions that we were in a we were in a slight little pocket where we where we felt slightly more kind of safe. But I remember uh, not not long after we finished the kind of post production and the winter kicked in, we were sort of right back to being uh, in our homes again. So it was lucky that we were able to get out and um, and, and do that. But because Ross and I had really kind of transitioned into filmmaking a couple of months before the 
the pandemic uh, kicked in. Our first two films, that's all we've ever known is a kind of pandemic set. So directing with masks on our faces is, is, uh, is, is all we've ever known. So it felt, <laughs> it felt just normal for us. Oh, goodness. Well, now, um, this is not the first time uh, you and Ross, I should say, as we say in America, this is not the two of you. This is not your first rodeo as far as dealing, uh, not dealing with, but, you know, having a successful film, uh, award-winning film. Because, I mean, tell us about the film that you guys collaborated on uh, called Roy. Yeah, so Roy was, um, that was our first uh, our first um, rodeo, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, into, into filmmaking. Um, it was um, a very small, intimate film starring an actor called uh, David Bradley, who people will know from the Harry Potter franchise. He plays um, Phil, the caretaker, and he also plays Walter Frey in, in Game of Thrones. He's a veteran, amazing um, British actor. And, um, and that was our, that was our first film. That was another thing that was shot during, during lockdown. Um, and that was about, um, a sort of lonely, uh, pensioner who's living alone, um, and who kind of has taken to cold calling strangers from like the phone book, basically, and accidentally one day calls an adult hotline and ends up in a unlikely friendship, uh, with, uh, with a young woman at the end of the phone. So that was our that was our first film, and uh, yeah, it was a, an amazing kind of baptism of fire in all aspects and areas. And it was lovely just to be out on the film festival circuit and really get to kind of be introduced to the short film industry. And um, and it had uh, yeah it had a lovely lovely time on the festival circuit, and uh, and yeah, we were really proud of that one. Um, any plans to take your current uh, to expand it to a full feature, or is it too early to? say or what well it's interesting i mean we we kind of spoken a little bit about that with with the actors when we were making it but um i think the the, there's something that's so very special about the film and it's been so lovely getting to watch it in so many different countries and by different audiences and and just seeing how it's kind of resonated in its current form um it almost feels like we've we've done what we wanted to do with this story uh in this in this short uh, short film format, which is, um, which for us feels like a great kind of sense of, um, a sense of kind of something coming to an end and a sort of completing to that. So we definitely want to work with both James, Seamus and Paddy and, and also Michelle Fairley, uh, kind of narrates the film. We'd love to work with those guys again. They're just amazing. And a lot of our crew as well were just fantastic. So it definitely won't be the last time for a rural Northern Ireland black comedy. I think we'll, we'll be back there again, but, um, I think uh, I think there's something nice about about having this project kind of uh, yeah I mean coming to a, coming to an end. Any plans for you and Ross to make it three times the charm and working on a third project together or or what? Well, it's funny we should say that we just finished shooting our third short film, um, which is set in uh, North Wales, and that was uh, that was a very trying shoot in in winter in a very kind of unforgiving landscape in the mountains in north wales and that is about two uh two women who have fled the famine it's a set during the famine in ireland in 1849 and uh, it's funny because the famine happened at the same time as the gold rush uh the kind of the 49ers and the gold coast and everything so the idea the kind of conceit of the film is about two sisters who have uh, left ireland to go and look for gold basically and it's a kind of celtic western meets psychological thriller. So that is the, the trilogy is on the way of being completed. 
Oh, man. So uh, that will be out. You, you just finished, so I'm assuming that'll be out, what, early, middle of next year or summer or what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about the summer, the summer kind of next year we're looking, uh, we're looking towards. So, um, so yeah, that'll be, uh, we're in the sort of edit of that now. We're kind of just coming towards the end of it, and then it'll be back to kind of submitting it out to the festivals and seeing, seeing how it goes down. Well, I got a couple of last questions here. As I said earlier, uh, this film has been, your current film has been just racking up awards and love around the world. And so what, is, what do you think it is about this, the storyline or, or the whole package that resonates with people from so many different countries? Because you're winning these accolades in film festivals throughout the world, not just, you know, within the British Isles there. So what do you think there is about it? Yeah, it's 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 um it's so strange. I mean, you know, we, we always think about how would the film resonate outside of um outside of Ireland, outside of Northern Ireland, and um it's just been an amazing experience. I think I think it comes down probably to these themes of of families and kind of the practice within them, and of of sort of siblings and of grief, and these are all kind of universal things, and the, and the kind of experience that these brothers are going through, we've all been there, and um, I guess they are going through it in a particularly offbeat and quirky way, but I think um, in in being able to bring humour and tragedy kind of so close to each other in a uh, and kind of turn that on a on a dime. That feels, at least for Ross and I, when we're writing, flows very true to life. You know, I think life is is like that, and you can you can be laughing and crying in the in in the same minute, and uh, and especially in in these, um, it, you know, going through something going through something like losing a family member. Um, you know, we didn't want it to be too throwaway, and we we didn't want it to be too somber. And so I think we tried to find a middle ground. I think that's what people resonate with. It's uh, you know, there's there's, there's never uh, it's never one way or the other, really. And finally, um, if An Irish Goodbye does actually get uh, an Academy Award nomination, uh, do you and Ross, do you plan on coming over to uh, the award show, or are you going to just watch it by Zoom, or, or just what? Oh, no, if we get... Listen, if we get to that stage, we'll be there. We'll be the first ones in the field at the start. We'll be there a week beforehand. So, it's um, you know, it's amazing for us. Obviously, it's you know, we've been, as I said, you know, we first started out um, wanting to be actors, and so film has been a huge part of our lives since we were uh, since we were kids. And, and the Oscars is, is you know, even for us over in, in England and, and Ireland, it's you know, it's a kind of uh, a global kind of stake in the calendar and, and it's just um, it's the fact that we're even in the mix of this now is very mind-boggling for us but the chance that we might might be able to end up there at the ceremony or, or anything like that would just be uh, yeah a very very special moment so um, we'll not count our chickens before they pack as you say but we'll, um, but we'll keep our fingers crossed oh yeah you have to it's just I mean the the fact that you've won so many awards and been so loved throughout the world already is just mind-boggling. 60? Wow. So, well, we've been talking about this film. Does the film have its own website or Instagram social media handles that people can go look at a trailer? Yeah, so um, we're kind of an Irish Dubai um, or an Irish Dubai film across uh, your Twitter and Instagram and everything. And then 
Ross and I have a, have a production company called Spudlight Pictures, which is what all of our like, film projects go through. So there's uh, an Irish device got its whole kind of section on, on that website. And uh, and you'll find the trailer as well on all of these platforms uh, and out there. So, yeah, please, people follow along with the, with the journey. Um, we try and uh, keep as, as, as many updates on there as, as we can. Right. Well, I think this is a wonderful film to... As we wrap up 2022, we got the New Year's Eve, New Year's weekend. I think it's a wonderful film to start off the New Year with, to just sit around and, you know, eat some popcorn, drink some beer or cider or something. It's just a very wonderful, feel-good film. And so I say congratulations on the success that you and uh, Ross are having with An Irish Goodbye. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that we will see you a week before the Oscars. <laughs> Did you get that nomination? <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure talking to you. The same here, Tom, and I say Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. With your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.